So I talk a lot about the alignment of core values. I talk a lot about healing the past, loving yourself unconditionally, starting over from a clean slate. But there are three tenets of compatibility that are so important that I have studied and and utilized in my coaching, in my hypnotherapy around love and in matchmaking. Welcome to Love Life Skills for Leaders, where we heal the past, love ourselves unconditionally, and start our love lives over from a clean slate every damn day. I'm Candace Harper, relationship coach, licensed and certified hypnotherapist, and Gen X auntie. I help BIPOC plus women create a love life that loves us back. This is a mature conversation for powerful people who want to have their best love life possible, whether single or coupled. I'm going to share with you the practical steps for getting aligned with your core values and becoming an energetic space for love, financial abundance, and optimal health. So share this with your friends. Definitely write a review wherever you're listening. Don't keep this goodness a secret. Also, make sure to subscribe. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today's topic, three questions to continually check in and ask yourself from first date to 40-year anniversary and beyond. So I talk a lot about the alignment of core values. I talk a lot about healing the past, loving yourself unconditionally, starting over from a clean slate. But there are three tenets of compatibility that are so important that I have studied and, and utilized in my coaching, in my hypnotherapy around love and in matchmaking. I came up with these three tenets as just a marker for whether you are truly compatible with a person. And what's interesting about compatibility is that it does ebb and flow. It does grow and change. And so our levels of compatibility with another person, depending on, you know, what our life choices are, how we go through our lives, how we, you know, want to navigate certain life issues, that can change. That's why a lot of relationships don't last because... We so often enter into them because there's a lot of sexual chemical attraction, you know, because there are certain things that are in common. And sometimes it is core values and sometimes those change, right? Some, sometimes those things that were so important to us, at, you know, in our mid-20s, not so important in our mid-30s. And then we start to have an inc- incompatibility with someone for whom that is very important. Let's say, for instance, if, you know, uh, financial status and, you know, living in a beautiful home you know, living luxuriously is a core value for a person. And granted, whatever judgments you may have around that, you know, whether you think it's moral or not is not the point. But if that's someone's core value and that's the life that they want to live and they marry someone with whom that is the same thing that they want when they are young, let's say mid-20s, and then they're married for 10 years and one has some sort of spiritual epiphany and decides that belongings and luxury and, you know, having labels and, and financial abundance is not important to them anymore. So that's a, a core value difference that either has the potential to be compromised about and talked through and, and, and uh, renegotiated, or it's something that can break a relationship up right? Which is not always the worst thing in the world. I always say people are in your life for a reason, a season, a lifetime. Some people ain't meant to be there forever. But the reason that we pay attention to core values and core value matching and how important it may be is because what it does is it creates sustainability. So when we are able to communicate 
get clear and know and align with each other, we have some sort of foundation, some sort of structure for how we can continue on a long-term uh, trajectory of getting to know each other. And trust me when I tell you, no matter how long you're with a person, you're still getting to know them. A lot of people forget that after they've been married for a long time, they make all these assumptions about who that person is. Meanwhile, as we grow and change and life continues on, there's always something new to be discovered. So here are the three tenets. One of them I've already dived into a little bit. Lifestyle, core values, and physical attraction. Those are the three tenets of compatibility. When those things are in place or have the potential to be in place, the the likelihood that you are entering into a sustainable, worthwhile relationship is just that much higher. It's a great litmus if you're one of those people who accuses yourself of being, you know, having a bad picker or not knowing how to pick. These three tenets are a great litmus for whether somebody is good for you or whether somebody is going to be able to be a sustainable, sustainable relationship with you. But here's the thing about it. You can't just assume that because you have a couple conversations that, it, you know, then it's done and because you can't necessarily believe each other. <laughs> When we say something is important to us, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are aligning with it. It doesn't necessarily mean that we are doing all of the things that would, um, you know, in real life show up as being able to be matched. So if we both say that fitness and nutrition and health, health is a core value for both of us. But, you know, one of us is eating healthy and eating salads and exercising all the time. And the other one is just thinking about health. And thinking about what they're going to do about their health, there's some incompatibility there. That's something that can be worked out, but it does take compromise from from both people and the willingness to do that. So you have to, you, you know, it just gives you an opportunity to be in your awareness. Like, what am I willing to be compromising with? What am I willing to engage with this person around? And as I'm getting to know them early on, the clearer I can get about these things, the more I can set our relationship up for success. So let's talk about these three tenets, lifestyle, core values, physical attraction, lifestyle first. So when you're meeting someone brand new, one thing that you just, you you know, that it benefits to just be aware of is what their lifestyle looks like. And do you have already or are you working towards a similar lifestyle? So in other words, is your potential partner saving up to become a van lifer or a YouTuber, and you're trying to live in the good neighborhood and have a you know a steady professional job, and is that going to be something that you can come together on and find some level of compromise? Because are you doing what are you both doing what you're doing for the same reasons? Is it because you're looking for you know uh, you're ambitious about d- developing your careers and you know living your passions? Or, you know, our passions factoring in. If you have one person who just, you know, go to that job every day because they know they need to make money and that's the work ethic that they were taught, they don't have to like it. They just got to collect the check. You have another person who's like a free spirit who wants to be passionate about what they do, no matter how silly someone else thinks it is. That's going to be something that causes a lot of friction if you don't have two people who are willing to work together on those differences. So just like core values, you know, lifestyle, core values factor into lifestyle, but lifestyle also is, you know, my way of being, 
my way of, you know, do, am I someone who gets up early in the morning and starts the day and really gets a lot of things done? Or am I someone who likes to stay in bed all day? Am I someone who, you know, wants to live on the West Coast and be in the sunshine all the time? Or am I someone who's a little more uh, pragmatic, wants, you know, uh, more dramatic seasons? You know, those are the kinds of things that when you're early on and having conversations with a person, you can lay out on the table. Like, this is how I like to live. These are the kinds of things I like to do. What are the things you like to do? How do you like to live? And is it possible for us to come together on these things? Or are our lifestyle choices so drastically different that it would never work? You know, often and unfortunately lately within the past decade or so, you know, politics have been a thing. Politics definitely can speak to lifestyle. Right. If you're somebody who's an insurrectionist and, you know, you're uh, got, you know, stop the steel T-shirt on you are probably not going to get along very well with someone who is, you know, a, a Black Lives Matter activist. So you want to, you know, that's an extreme, but you want to keep in mind that when we're getting to know each other early on, these are the kinds of things that no matter how sexually attracted we are to each other, you know, that if we have those things already in place or we're two people who are, you know, of the desire to want to, unite those things and make them work together. And I don't mean being an insurrectionist and a Black Lives Matter activist. But if if you find that you have two different lifestyle ways of being, things that you like to do, things that you do on a regular basis consistently, and it's ve- very vastly different, unless both people are willing to come together on it, you know, do you always want to be in resistance with that person? To hold on to someone when you know that their lifestyle is just so vastly different from yours sets you up for being in a space of lack, because there is that person out there who is going to match lifestyles with you. Now, the second one is core values, core value match. And it's very similar to lifestyle in that your core values often speak to your lifestyle. So if you're someone who, let's say, spends a lot of time with your, with your, um, your family of origin or... Um, you're someone who, you know, likes to go to all kinds of sporting events and things like that. So something within you has family as a a core value for you, being close to your family, spending time with your family. So your lifestyle is that that's what you do, family-oriented things, right? Another core value might be, you know, that you are, um, uh, you know, that entertainment, things that feel emotionally fulfilling to you. And for some people, that's sports. For some people, that's comedy. Some people, you know, that's going to Broadway shows, whatever that might be. But it's your core value of you know, wanting to be entertained with spectacle, wanting that excitement that that you put emotional value on that, that has you going to those things and doing those things. So, you know, you want to you wanna see if someone has that kind of core value match with you. Are you an avid moviegoer, TV watcher? Are you an avid traveler? Are you someone who, um, you know, really loves fashion and style and really gets into that? Are you someone who, you know, there's so many possibilities for what people are interested in. You know, people pour resin and, you know, build furniture and, and you know, whatever. It's just so vast, all the possibilities for what people are interested in doing and why they're interested in doing them, why they're interested in doing them have to, you know, speak to their core values. So as you're getting to know a person, it's that core value understanding, that core value matching that is so important. So if I'm someone who, um, you know, my top priorities are compassion, family, and ambition, 
and a potential partner's top priorities are sexual adventure, solitude, and Zen spirituality, those don't match, right? And if we are living into who we are, if we are, um, you know, at our at our foundation, these things mean something to us that we are that whether or not we're in a relationship. So I'm someone who's compassionate, whether or not I'm in a relationship. I'm someone who's family oriented, whether or not I'm in a relationship. I'm someone who's ambitious about my career, whether or not I'm in a relationship. My partner is all about sexual adventure, whether or not they're in a relationship about solitude, whether or not they're in a relationship. You know, that means they're going to want to spend a lot of time on their own or on their own with you. But definitely solitude is going to factor in and you're a family person. You want to be around family all the time. And, you know, then Zen spirituality. So if you're very ambitious and making that money and getting that bag is very important to you. And that person is like, I just want to be. I want to exist. I want to breathe. I want to meditate then, you know, there's there's going to be a difference in your energy that might be something that is too hard to sustain the relationship, right? And the worst thing that we can do is have an expectation that someone change those things or try to change those things in that person. If you're with someone and there's something about them that you want to change and they don't want to change, that is a cause for alarm, it also creates a lot of conflict and fighting, and that's how relationships end up breaking down, right? Number three, do we have or are we developing physical attraction? Physical attraction is number three. It is perfectly okay to date someone who you are not initially physically attracted to. Now, I know for some of you out there, it's like that is just a deal breaker, all bets are off. If I'm not physically attracted, I won't give him or her a chance. Like, it's just not possible. I feel like, especially when I was matchmaking, it was men more so than women that would have this stance. But a lot of women would have it as well. So it is okay to date someone you are not physically attracted to if they have those other two things, especially if they have those other two things in spades. In fact, my longest relationship, which was 13 years, I did not feel a sexual stir about this person until after a year of friendship, a whole year. And our levels of physical attraction and, um, you know, chemical attraction throughout the course of a relationship vary. And so you might be highly physically attracted to someone right off the bat. And then, you know, a couple years later, you have a baby and everybody gains baby weight. And so maybe the physical physical attraction is not so great anymore. And, you know, maybe it's just not looking like it used to look like anymore. (laughs) And your excitement for each other has waned. So it's going to get you coming or going is basically what I'm saying. If you hinge the relationship and the possibility of the relationship on physical attraction alone, you will not create sustainability. That's number one and number two. But what you want to ask yourself is, is this person someone, if they've got number one and number two in place, is this someone for whom I could develop physical attraction? Right? We're often so quick, especially in this swipe left, swipe right dating online culture to say, oh, they don't look like what I want. They don't, they don't look the way that I, I like. I'm not physically attracted to them just based on the picture, just based on a digital image. And so 
The invitation is not to to go at it with a, with a mindset of, well, this is all I can get because that's a mentality of lack, but to actually approach it like, I'm going to give this person a chance because what's really going to sustain a relationship is that we have lifestyle and core values in place. What we look like is not going to be the sustainer. It's going to be the thing that, you know, uh, makes parts of the relationship exciting. Obviously, you don't want to date somebody if there's just, you know, you're just disgusted by them. (laughs) Right? I mean, you're probably not going to develop physical attraction to them if you find them disgusting. But the likelihood that you find them disgusting and the other two are in place is actually very, very low. Because if you do find them disgusting, there's things about them like, you know, possibly that they don't take good care of themselves. You know, the hygiene is not there. And if that's a value for you, if that's a core value for you, then, you know, that validates that that person is not someone that you could develop physical attraction for. Right. But if it's just that, oh, you know, he's five, seven and I normally like guys who are six, three. Or, you know, I usually go for, you know, bald guys and he's got dreads to his shoulders. Or I usually like blonde guys and this one's, you know, dark and swarthy. You know, if it's those kinds of things, the size of his nose, you know, just the looks aren't necessarily what you would assume they would be or what you're normally attracted to. I mean, you know, because he doesn't necessarily or she doesn't necessarily look like your physical ideal initially, you know, we do ourselves a disservice when we're not willing to get to know and find out if this person is somebody who will get you, understand you, match with you, get along great with your family, make you feel like you're home when you're with them be a space for you to be completely comfortable, share jokes with you, get your references, um, you know, be able to to uh, have conversations on your level of intellect. You know, when we narrow everything down to whether or not they have, you know, a great ass or, you know, what they look like, And I'm talking about when you want a relationship and when you want sustainability. If we're just talking about a sexual encounter, then, you know, that makes sense. But that's what makes physical attraction important. Not that it's a criteria for dating, but that it does exist and it has possibility for development, right? So it it does have to be there on some level, but we want to keep it in perspective that it is not the guiding tenet. It's just a tenant that will actually support the other two. And that's it. But I want you to keep these three questions in mind. The three questions are, do we have or are we working towards a similar lifestyle? Do we have or are we working towards a similar lifestyle? You always want to be asking that question from, you know, beginning to the point where it's just a no-brainer. Right. And even then, I don't know that it ever is a no brainer because our stages of life alter. I mean, like, you know, my own sister, she's been married for 35 years and, you know, her husband will probably retire in a few years and then they're going to a new stage of life. So, you know, the conversation of are we working towards a similar lifestyle is still important. I don't know how many years you have to be together to where that's not going to be important anymore. Maybe when you're in your, you know, senior, senior years and it's time to 
you know, lay down and rest <laughs> is when you get to not not have that conversation anymore. But you always want to be able to have that conversation. Are we working towards a similar similar lifestyle? And while you're in it, enjoying it, knowing that life is going to change it at some point. The second one is, are we a core value match? Are we a core value match? Have our core values maintained and sustained us? Are we still, you know, are the same things still important to us, right? Are you still just as committed to the things that you were always committed to? And if those things have changed, if they have changed for you or changed for me, are we still a match around those things? So, you know, sometimes when people, you know, like I said, the earlier couple example, so they had a couple kids, everybody gained weight. So if one says, well, you know what, now fitness and fitness competitions are going to be important to me. Fitness is is now a core value. I'm actually going to commit myself to it. It's going to be a part of my life no matter what. We have to look at that, right? So we want to always be asking, are we a core value match? Are we a core value match? Are we able to come together in each other's core values, engage with each other and still feel true to ourselves? And then the last question, do we have or are we developing physical attraction? So whether you have it at the beginning and it goes away or you di- you don't really have it at the beginning and it shows up or you develop it, it ebbs and it flows. So as you're going through the trajectory of a relationship, you want to be asking that question. Do we have or are we developing physical attraction? And if we're developing it, how is it developing? Did we have it before? You know, you want to be asking those questions, asking them of each other, asking them of yourself not necessarily in that order, and able to have open communication around those three things, because those are the three things that will maintain your compatibility. And that's it. So, you know what, I'm pretty proud of myself for like keeping these short nowadays. So I just want to tell you about my Healthy Wealthy Flow Hypnosis Flow, which is all about the core value. Speaking of aligning with core values, all about the core value of financial abundance. And I think a lot of us are out here with that core value, you know, financial acumen, abundance, um, responsibility. If you need support with becoming an energetic space for financial abundance in 2023, like, do you have thoughts like, I'm not good at math and numerical details. I'll get organized when I have more money. I'll wait for a windfall. If I could just invent the right whatever, I'd be rich. I need a partner who can handle money. I just want to be a spiritual creative, yada, yada, yada. If you said yes to any of those, you probably are not a space for financial abundance or financial acumen. Take heart. I haven't been either. I've had all those thoughts. I'm on my own path to recovery around it and have discovered exactly what it would take to master my finances and be as big as I want to be in the world. Because I'm sure that you also say that I want to give back to my community. I want to travel and live a life of ease. I want to live in a beautiful home. I want to build a thriving business. I want to experience freedom. I want to leave a legacy for my family. I want to retire comfortably. I want to have a fruitful, thriving, romantic relationship. Me too. And that's why I'm offering these hypnosis sessions for you and for me. So I want you to go to bit.ly forward slash healthy, wealthy flow. I'm giving four classes a week for a limited time. Definitely get in on one of these classes. And that's it for now, my sweetheart. I will come back next week with a new topic, with new things to talk about. I want you to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, at Candy Love Coach, And tune in next week for another episode. Until next time, keep being unapologetically lovable and give yourself grace, my sweetheart. I love you so much. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.